Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode of Bush Rich Breakaway is brought to you by Joey Chestnut, because he said there must be a division between hot dog and sandwich, and a hot dog is not a sandwich. And thank you so much for being correct and on Team Ryan, no matter what Adam Clinton says. And also brought to you by PixelValley.com. That's Pixel, B-A-L-L-E-E.com. And why, you may ask? Because next week, I'll be a guest writer, and I'll be writing about Evolution 2017, which is relative to one of our guests today. Hint, hint on the show. I'll be doing an Evo recap, and you guys can read that at PixelValley.com. All right, let's get this thing started. Let's go. Hey, Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. This is not your grandpa's podcast. Greg, say hello. You always sound like a squirrel on crack when you start the podcast. I, I don't. I, I'm just telling. You I right wouldn't now. Friend have to friend. it any other way. Today we got a great. Right. We've got a great show, my friend. We have. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, so now you're like Jimmy Fallon doing a monologue. Got a great show. Hey, Gregory, we got a great show for you. Uh, Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> Wait, hold on. When was the last time the Black Eyed Peas were relevant? Uh, well, I know they did the. Um, Didn't they do an they NHL an, thing? No, they. I think they might have done an NHL thing. They did. Uh, for the Champions League final, they were the opening act of the Champions League final for this soccer. This year? This year for Real Madrid and Juventus. They opened that game with without Fergie. It's Black Eyed Peas sans Fergie. Is, are they still really big like over in Europe? I have no idea. I don't think so. They cannot be. They're, that's awful. Anyway, got a huge show for you today. Uh, we have, <laughs> we have the Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed, we have the Black Eyed Peas. And then we have literally no Ranger news to talk about. And then you we should drop in like an I got a feeling. I got just a like feeling. right there. I'll try and do it right there. So much editing for me to do. And uh-huh. um, thank you so much. And then uh, we have <laughs> we have Brendan Cohen of BlueOnStation.com. He comes on to actually talk some serious Ranger analysis for a good 25. And then last year, some of you longtime listeners might recall, I went to the fighting game tournament Evolution 2017 out in Vegas. Uh, 2016. 2016, sorry. Uh, that where a lot of uh, events happened where I my good friend Li Joe. Uh, got top eight and was on ESPN, all that, and we have him sure. finally on the podcast. So I don't believe it. So he's uh, we're gonna jump, we're gonna do a little bit of Ranger news here. We're gonna jump to Brendan, talk all that Ranger from there. Hit, come back. We got some serious discussion to have about a chocolate. Uh, I don't even know what to call it. A chocolate snuff, <laughs> Greg. A snortable chocolate a, is what it's a called. A snortable chocolate, yeah. Coco Loco, a little bit of cheese there. We're gonna talk about that. Talk about naps, and then we're going to come... Definitely gonna... definitely a topic you don't want the grandkids listening to. Definitely. Let me tell you right now. If you're tuning in, turn it the fuck off. You don't <laughs> want to hear that part. You don't want that. 
And then, uh, and then from there, we're going to head over to, we'll come back, talk a little bit about that. We'll head to Joe. We'll come back to some plugs. We're out of here. So that's the show today, guys. Thanks for tuning in. All right, let's start with this. The Rangers signed a person I can't pronounce their name, give, even though you said give it. Give it a try. Give it a try. DeHan, DeHasis? DeHarsis? Oh, my God. Holy <laughs> crap. I want you to spell it and then try it again. I don't have it up oh. in front of you. I closed the tab right before it happened. David David DeHarnay. David DeHarnay. It's, it's French. Is it? Did it's, I... it's spelled like DeCharnayers. Uh, de DeCharnay. De but you got to put, put the French on it, so it's DeHarnay. DeHarnay. I'm yeah. the best podcast host. I had it up before this, and I exited out on accident, and I wasn't uh, um, familiar with it. Unreal, unreal, best podcast. You just you didn't even come close. No, but was, then again, you're the same guy that is. You, I, I still think there's a part of you that think it's Derek Stefan with an F. It's Stepan, thank you. And uh, he's on another organization now, so I don't need to talk about him anymore. But sure, Harnay is now a Ranger. I believe it's a one million one one year contract. Is that correct, Greg? Perfect. Uh, yes, it yep. is the perfect. It's it's a great contract. It's it's honestly a great, it's a great signing if used correctly. And that's a big if because AV knows how to screw a situation up when it comes to putting guys in situations they shouldn't be. And we get into this a little bit with Brandon when he comes on uh, a little later down the podcast. But uh, I will say this. David DeHarnay as the Rangers' fourth-line center when the Rangers are fully healthy and he's paired with Michael Grabner and Jesper Foss on that fourth line, it's fantastic. It's a great fourth line. Even if Grabner may be moved up, Foss may be moved up occasionally off that fourth line, but DeHarnay centering one of those two and then either Matt Pumple or Adam Tambellini, whoever you want to put as the Rangers' 12th forward, DeHarnay is the perfect guy for that line. He's a good two-way center. He can provide some offense. He's a step down, a smidge step down offensively from Oscar Lindbergh. But I would trust him in defensive zone starts. I he's a great signing. If I would be more concerned about this Rangers team from a depth perspective, if they didn't bring in a guy like DeHarnay, I would be terrified if DeHarnay is getting minutes above the fourth line. Absolutely. It uh, and by, when I say that, I mean a spot start here and there on the third line if there are injuries doesn't necessarily worry me. Right. But if if for some reason Elaine Vigneault enters the season and sees David DeHarnay as one of his middle six centers, that's horrifying and will become my new complaint with AV, right behind Mark Stahl playing top pairing defensive minutes. That the I, I you, Whenever you say that, my brain just stops functioning. Uh, the Mark Stahl playing top defensive pairing minutes. Where did Justin this? Wink. Where did this come from? Is this just a, another rumor mill right now? We don't actually know that. This is this is just me telling you what's okay. about to happen. Okay, because I am, uh, I'm absolutely terrified of that happening. And if it does happen, it, I will throw a shit fit. You you need to just become the same mental standpoint where I am. Where just accept the fact that it's already here. Just just get it out of the way. I that can't. way, when it actually does happen, you're not disappointed. No. You're just if you're already Kirk, at a certain level of angry. If Shattenkirk's on the second line, I will flip out. That's it. Uh, just that'll be it. I will I will see red. I just don't. There is. I just there is at least can't live a, in that world. There is a non-zero percent chance that it would happen. There is there is definitely at least a small number percent chance it happens. All right, so I like. And the AV signing. will say something. AV will say something like, "Oh, well, he's not making top pairing defensive money." Yeah, because he took the biggest fucking hometown discount in the history of hometown discounts. That contract, I still think about it every day and go, "Damn, I'm so excited to have him on this team for that cheap for the four years." It's the best yeah, feeling. I'd, I would be so pissed if I was the NHLPA. Oh, I'd be pissed too. 
Yeah, how could you not be? That a lockout is coming. It's coming for uh, a reason. It's, it's going to be so fun. It's not at all. Uh, what the hell are we going to talk about? Well, I, oh. I mean, I might like the Mets by then, so we could always bring them back. I doubt that'll happen. It's really not. Eh, you never know. Terry Collins might die by then. He's old. Hey, man, let's not do that. Hey, Terry. <laughs> Terry, it's Ryan. Uh, you're going to be okay, buddy. Stay healthy. He's like 74 or something. He's old. I mean, so is Donald Trump. Anyway. Uh, that could happen within three years. Okay. So there's a lot of things that could happen in three years. Let's let's get off this topic. Um, please. Let's, please. Let's please move on. I like the signing. Obviously, I didn't know the guy's name, so how much could I like it? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that's probably your... You can we can say that about almost every ranger take you have. That's not true. I have some good ranger takes. Don't say almost. like. Don't say like what. Don't say like what. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> um, I wonder. Did you? I, I will have to go back. I doubt you did, but I bet you there's there will come a time where you pronounce Tony D'Angelo's name, and that's going to be fun. What Anthony D'Angelo? That you might find a way to butcher no, it. I'm fr- I'm from New York. I know how to pronounce Anthony D'Angelo. I could do that. <laughs> that was that. Would you like that? That was good, right? All right, nail it. Um, well, I mean, there, there could be a situation where Mindeluth is on the roster this year, and you'll have to... I uh, At our, our meetup, that might happen. I just want to get a Mindeluth chant if he's playing. That's all I want. You should you should honestly buy his jersey, but instead of it saying Pionk on the back, Mindeluth. just put Min-Duluth. Min Mindeluth. Ah, oh, man. I, I hope that nickname sticks, but it won't. All right. So, uh, I, no other real Ranger news. I, Lindy Ruff is official. We already kind of touched on that. It's still AV's team. Uh, I'm not... I, I feel... I don't really feel a way a negative or positive about Lindy Ruff. Kind of weird that no. they demoted Jeff Boogaboom, to be honest. But uh, I know that that uh, Lindy Ruff has some some ins in the MSG kind of community here, so that's probably one of the reasons he's now the assistant coach. Other than that, yeah. I, I don't really have anything to say about it. Yeah, um, my my Ranger coaching takes are still Scotty Arnell and AV should not be coaching on this team. I agree with the Arnell. Uh, I have to agree. With I would also AV. I would also add this. I don't really want Lindy Ruff as my head coach if AV is to leave. Just gonna throw that out there. Do you think that's like a possibility? Absolutely. If AV if AV gets fired at some point in the middle of the season, I almost guarantee you, Lindy Ruff will step in as the guy. But if AV gets fired, this team's a, this team is a dumpster fire. That's good. The only reason AV that's the only way AV gets fired. If they're below five hundred, it's mid season. They have a lot of expectations. They're not performing. That's the only way. Right. Which is which is why, as much as I don't want Lindy Ruff as the head guy, I deal with it in an interim because if he's if he's the head guy in an interim position, it means the Ranger season went to the pooper. Exactly. Which I don't want happening, by the way. I want to compete. No, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to be good, right? I think we're what do you mean nice to be good? We've been good for the last five years. Yeah, I'm saying it would be nice oh, to be it good. Would be ni- it would be nice to be, continue to be good, is what you're saying? Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. All right. Uh I don't think we have anything else to say. Wanna move over to Brennan? Sure. Bring him on. Transition. And we're back with Brennan Cohen, a recurring guest on the Blue Shirts Breakaway. Site editor of Blue Line Station, Brennan, say hello. Hey guys, welcome back, man. Uh, it's been a lot has happened since you last left us. I don't know if you heard, but we play defense now. Oh wow! Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a whole different uh whole different animal. Honestly, I just can't wait for hockey to be here. I was texting someone earlier, and I was like, "How much longer till I can watch hockey again?" <laughs> because I, I've already had an exciting off season, but it feels like we're hitting the low officially right now. Yeah, July and August are kind of the dead months, and then September you start getting excited again, and preseason starts up, but not much going on right now. Not much at all. So let's talk a little bit about what you're doing at Blue Line Station right now. Right off the bat, we'll give it a nice little plug. Uh, you, oh. guys, you guys hit sort of a, a record month, right? You guys have been kind of expanding. You've got a bunch of articles going up. You have a few different writers. 
Yeah, so uh, we doubled our previous high in page views last month, which was awesome for us. And um, we've been adding writers. We've been looking into different ways to add to the team because this time you kind of have to manufacture yourself the different uh, storylines based on rumors and whatnot. So we've been adding a lot of writers, and each writer has been growing with the site. has been growing. So it's been a really exciting time for us. Greg and I have been adding different guests every week, and that's how we grow this podcast. Um, so. Yeah, we, we, we basically just leech off all of your followers and expect them to follow us. <laughs> like, hey, what's up? Uh, we do a podcast about the Rangers, so that's pretty good. Uh, so that, well, that, let's, go on. Yeah, let's, let's talk about, I mean, we're, we're pimping out your site. Let's talk about your most recent article. I think one of the things Ryan and I have been talking about the most since the Shattenkirk signing is now that we have the defense squared away, we've been focusing on center depth. And you're, you're in the middle of a two-parter on the Rangers center depth, right? Yeah, so today I posted something pretty much saying that the center, while they could use a couple other pieces, like an extra bottom six player or two, they need a top six center to be, in my opinion, true contenders, like talking about the Penguins and, well, namely the Penguins, really, since the last couple of years, they're the champs. But, yeah, they absolutely need one more center to be in that group. Um, so the first part today was just saying, they need that center. It's on Gordon to find that center. They might be able to wait until the trade deadline, but that's a risky maneuver. So part two tomorrow is going to be on how to find that center because that's really the most important thing left this offseason by a wide margin. So you, yeah, you say that the waiting for the trade deadline might be a risky maneuver. Where I'm kind of leaning towards the side of that's what the Rangers should do. You might be able to get, A, a better center that's available or even uh, maybe a better price, because uh, right now I don't think you're going to be able to get... I think that Holden trade was sort of nonsense and a rumor created uh, yeah, by, I agree on that. by another uh, Ranger site that I will never mention on this podcast. <laughs> but um, I just think that was a total rumor. It was never happening, and there was a bunch of buzz. So I, I think waiting till the trade deadline, you can actually get a better quality of player. Do you feel differently? Well, it's difficult, because you think about a guy like Martin Hansel, his trade value last offseason was probably not a first-round pick. Then he's the best name available at the trade deadline. He's the only top center, even though he's not even a top center available at the deadline last trade deadline. And he brought back a first-round pick and multiple little assets. So it's, it's risky. If you're looking to get to the trade deadline and make a trade, then who's to say the player you want is even there? There are so many teams now that are looking to compete. There's the Hurricanes that are really looking to compete. Uh, last year, the Blue Jackets kind of came out of nowhere and they competed, whereas maybe in the offseason teams were saying, oh, we might be able to trade with them at the deadline. It's risky because you don't know if that player is going to be there, while now you know who at least teams might be willing to part with. Like, you know that maybe a team doesn't want to trade this player, but they don't know where they stand necessarily. Going into the season, they might want someone from your roster back. During the season, you're just not able to get as many teams making moves because everyone's trying to figure out, are we true contenders? Are we just trying to stay put and hope to make the playoffs? There's too many, there's too much parity for the deadline to be a complete point where you look at and say, this is where we're going to make the trade. And then the other issue I have with waiting for the deadline is who the third center is going to be. It's probably going to be JT Miller, but then if you get a center at the deadline, you're moving Miller back to the wing, 
I don't like the concept of moving him back and forth because he's playing different styles at different positions. And it's just a lot of maneuvering around for a player who's young and developing, and he could really make this the season he fully breaks out if he knows where he stands. So it's a lot of maneuvering that I don't see as necessary. But at the same time, it is difficult to find a center right now considering the lack of assets. It seems like last offseason, when the Rangers desperately needed to make a move for a defender, everyone kind of just pinpointed the Ducks and said, that's the team that needs to trade one. And in a way, the Ducks are kind of still in a position where they they could afford to trade a defenseman. But this offseason, now that the Rangers need a center, everything sort of spins back towards the Maple Leafs. And I think that's where a lot of the rumors are coming from. Because Absolutely. here they are, they just signed Patrick Marlowe to a six, over $6 million, uh AAV contract. They have a couple guys in Komarov and Bozak who are going to be free agents after the year. And they are already thinking that they just saw the contract Connor McDavid signed. Austin Matthews is going to need that contract very shortly. And Mitch Marner is going to need to get paid too. Um, do you feel there is a realistic trade between the Rangers and the Maple Leafs for a Tyler Bozak or Leo Komarov that addresses the Rangers' hole in the second line? In a perfect world, it would be Nazem Kadri, but there's no way the Rangers can afford him unless Lou Lamarillo has lost his mind because the Rangers' assets right now, unless they trade multiple first-round picks, which doesn't help the Leafs anyway, they don't have the assets. So then it comes down to Bozak because I don't think Komarov is really the guy for the Rangers. Bozak fits. He's a one-year contract guy. The Rangers can use him for the interim and then dump him in the offseason if he doesn't fit long-term. It's funny because the rumor, which I believe is fully fabricated, I think the reason it was fabricated is because it makes a lot of sense for both teams. I don't think the Maple Leafs benefit much from getting Nick Holden because I don't think Nick Holden is very good at hockey. But at the same time, his reputation in the NHL it's pretty strong. Teams seem to like him. So a trade where the general outline is Holden and Bozak works for both teams. The Maple Leafs need to cut costs. They have extra forward depth. They don't need Bozak. The Rangers have extra defensive depth, which is a crazy thing to be able to say, and don't really need Holden. It kind of is a you-need-a-forward-you-need-a-defenseman type of deal. But at the same time, I think the Rangers would have to give up a little bit more. And I think the Maple Leafs can definitely do better for Bozak. It's just a matter of if they try to or not. And this kind of all goes back to a conversation Ryan and I have had multiple times where the reason why the Rangers need a second center is mostly because we're just uncomfortable with putting Kevin Hayes in that role right now. There might be a situation eventually where Kevin Hayes is a true number two center and he needs top six minutes. What are some of your hesitations about basically putting Hayes in that situation, giving him the baton, asking him to run with it, and be a viable option on that second line? It's actually interesting because I'm probably the biggest Kevin Hayes supporter out there. I think he's going to be a regular 60-point player, good defensively. He's going to be a star in this league, I honestly believe. But rookie season, he led the NHL in even-strength primary assists. So he had an amazing rookie season, 45 points. I believe more points than anyone on the Devils that season, which I love saying because I just find that hilarious. <laughs> then sophomore year, he kind of fell apart a bit, but he was playing with Marty St. Louis, who was at that point unable to do anything with the puck, and Paul Haglin, who's a defensive player, 
So you're putting an offensive mind with two guys who aren't really offensive minded, and a lot of his passes would go to the other team because they wouldn't even know what Hayes is trying to do. They, they couldn't figure out his maneuvers because they were above their pay grade. Then last year, Vigneault decided suddenly because Hayes lost 20 pounds that Hayes is going to be a two-way stud who's going to play in all situations and focus on a defensive game. Kevin Hayes will never be a shutdown center. That's not his role. His role is to provide a playmaking center who can play a little bit of defensive style if necessary, but he's an offense-first player. So I think more than anything, it's about getting him in a role where he can actually succeed and he's actually fit for the role. And trying to do that while trying to give him an increased role on the second line, it's, it's, it's tough to do that at the same time. And then the other issue I have, even more than Hayes, is moving Zibanejad up to first-line center and just assuming that he's ready to play first-line center. I think Zibanejad is ready, but I don't think I would want him in that spot right away. I think it's the type of thing where if you get a top-six center, even if you get Tyler Bozak, Bozak is not going to be this great player, but he's been a first-line center before. He can fake it enough where you can give Zibanejad some time to develop into the role. He's going to win the role. He just needs to develop into it. You don't want to force a guy into a role, especially at that age. So I think it's just pushing it. And then Miller pushing him to center, if Hayes is the second-line center, suddenly you're pushing three guys into spots they're not, they haven't been in before. So everyone's out of place. It's relying a lot on youth and relying on a lot of, okay, well, hopefully they can fit into this role. It's a lot of hypotheticals for the forwards. I'm not comfortable with that many hypotheticals in one season. Who do you think are the ideal playing partners for Hayes, in your mind? Buchnevich, I'm guessing? I'd love to see him with Hayes because I think what those two can do together is just magical. <laughs> but isn't, <laughs> you that, see that? isn't that like a huge defensive liability, just having That's the two why of them? I, I put Nash with the two of them because Nash is best two-way player on the roster, and for everything Buchnevich can't do defensively, yet uh, Nash can. So you have Buchnevich on the left doing these ridiculous maneuvers. Hayes in the middle trying to learn from Nash, who also has a similar body type to Hayes, where they're both big bodies, big guys that can kind of bully the opponent if they're using their bodies correctly. And then Nash on the right just playing the two-way game and making sure to make up for the other two mistakes. So that's that's a perfect line for me. So uh, my other question is, you know, with Kevin Hayes, do you think for the second half, you, you, you would probably agree with me that he disappeared the second half of last year, right? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that was part of, like, you, you mentioned earlier, A.V. Uh, sort of having this expectation for him to play two-way center. Do you think that was more of what was happening, or was he just became run down, or he just like lost his mojo in the system, or maybe he couldn't find a spot for him? Kind of a little bit of everything. He uh, he was injured right before he slowed down. I'm not one to speculate, but I don't know how much the injury plays in. And then he was out of his position, like in terms of he was playing a defensive role with Grabner and Miller. Grabner is a defensive forward, even though he scored 27 goals. He's meant to be in a defensive role. Most were on breakaways. Miller, what? Most were on breakaways for, for grabbing. <laughs> so that's why, you know, exactly. why he was a defensive player. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. 
And then Miller is not exactly a defensive gem just yet. I mean, they're great penalty killers for uh, a two-way type of game, but you have a whole line there that's really trying to do these, like, make some plays here. And I even remember there was an article written around the time they started struggling where Hayes wanted to make plays, Miller wanted to make plays, and Grabner just wanted to skate, skate, skate. That doesn't add up to goals if you think about it. I mean, it worked for a long part of the season, but two playmakers and a guy who just wants to skate, who's going to put the puck in the net? So I think they started to realize, I think other teams started to realize just play the pass every time, and neither Hayes or Miller were ready to play the shot when they were on their two-on-ones or putting plays together, and everyone just started to fall apart, and I think with the defensive pressure on Hayes, it just started to add up on him, even with the injury too, and there's just a lot at once where he sort of slowed down at the worst time for the team. Now, the one positive I see, and I, I want to know if you agree with this, of moving Miller back to center is the one position where the Rangers have, I mean, now, I mean, obviously defensively they have more depth and they know what to do with, but there seems to be almost, it's not that there's one too many winger, but if Miller plays a wing, we have to once again have a discussion of which of Jimmy Vc and Pavel Buchnevich do you put on the fourth line. Do you see Miller moving to a center position somewhat as a positive where it guarantees Buch and Vc will be somewhere in the top nine? I don't think the team would move him to center for that reason, but I do think if I have to guess today what's going to happen, I think they're going to move Miller to center and call it their third line center. I think that's just the most likely scenario because they don't have many trade assets to move for a center right now. But I don't personally I think I'm fine with VC playing on the fourth line and then there's gonna be injuries. It's gonna happen. Move them up. And at any point anything can happen. You might find that VC's playing on a fourth line that suddenly VC and Grabner are both on the fourth line, for example, or they move Grabner down and you have Grabner and Fost, who's currently injured, so uh, maybe they can play together when Fost is back. There's many options, and I, I'm never one to think there's too many options there. So I'm fine with there being too many wingers, as long as the correct centers are there. And I'm just still not buying moving Miller to center and putting everyone out of position like that. That's fair. Let's talk a little bit about the new guy, the French, David DeHarnay. He fits almost perfectly as a fourth-line center on this team. How do you see his utilization, and where does he fall in rank for the Rangers in your mind? Yeah, he's a perfect fourth-line center and a terrifying third-line center. <laughs> that's that's the way I would put it. I think there's there could be some temptation there to move him up to third-line center, especially knowing how Vigneault loves his veterans. And he has scored a bunch in the past. I think he had a 50 points in the season at one point, but the way he plays right now, he's a perfect fourth-line center. I love that he's going to replace some of the uh, production offensively that Lindbergh provided. He's fine defensively, from what I can tell. He plays a good two-way game, and uh, I think he fits in perfectly with this team as long as they don't try to misplace him, which is a um, common concern with this team. So, AV loves putting guys in situations where they just shouldn't be. Yeah, it's, it's strange because... 
the first season, you had everyone in the race spot. He had that Pouliot, Broussard, Zuccarello line. He didn't mess with it at all. He, uh, he tinkered the right way. I thought he was perfect the first year. And then the second year, they go to the conference finals. He starts doing some weird maneuvers. He puts Hayes out of position. He mixes with the defensive pairings in strange ways. And then I'm like, okay, I'm starting to see something I don't like here. And then the year they lost the Penguins in the first round, he just kind of lost it. He just put everyone out of position. And now there's a lot of reason not to be too trusting of him to put everyone together. Uh, one thing I say that I really hope is wrong, but I, as of the second is my belief is he's not going to put McDonough and Shattenkirk together for the long haul. I think within at least, let's say, less than a month into the season, you're going to see McDonough with D'Angelo or another one of the kids and stall with Shattenkirk. But hopefully... Oh, I mean, I just... Roster. I just... I put myself to sleep every night just telling myself that AV will find a way to put stall with McDonough. Like, I, I've just come to accept it. I don't know how he's going to do it. But I, I, I've chosen not to lose sleep over it anymore because I think it's inevitable. I just, I would, it makes so much sense for McDonough to play with Shattenkirk. Everyone knows it. But you just know Vigneault and you know that he's not one to put the best players together. He has this theory that if you put the best with the worst, then the worst is going to play better. And Andriardi is living proof that's not the case. But. Hopefully he learns from his lessons for the first time. Makes me so upset. Uh, I do want to ask you what you think. We talked about tra- kind of trading Holden earlier. Do you do you have a kind of feel on what Holden's value is right now? Is he tradable for some sort of piece? Is he going to be on this team come, you know, regular season? I would nearly guarantee that one of Holden or Stahl will be done, just based on the fact that they do need to move the contract to afford the Banajad and the center now, maybe they don't get that center and they only have to manage that, but they still would like a little wiggle room for the uh, trade deadline. So then you're down to Stahl or Holden. You have one guy who makes over $5 million a year for the next few years and another guy who makes just over $1 million and scored over 30 points last year. I think Holden has some trade value. I don't think it's as high as we would like it to be. Um, but, for example, I think the Rangers could get right back that fourth round pick they traded for him. Not the same one, but any fourth round pick. I think they could do even a little better for that. I think Holden could be the leading piece in the trade for a not-so-great center. You might find an organization who's not the brightest when it comes to identifying defensemen and convince them to take Holden as one of the primary pieces. My dream trade, which I think can happen, but I don't think will happen, is the Boston Bruins are, I think since the day he was drafted, Ryan Spooner, for some reason, that organization does not like him. Spooner has a lot of potential, two-way potential. He reminds me a lot of picking up Zibanejad last offseason, just a little bit less potential. I think they they want a left-handed defenseman. I think they're targeting a left-handed defenseman who's a lot better than Holden, but if you get into September and they haven't gotten that defenseman and they still have Spooner on the roster and Cassidy doesn't want him on that roster, you might be able to say, hey, here's Holden, a second round or a third round pick. Give us Spooner. And that, you might get away with that. And then suddenly you have that third line center and another guy who's developing. And between uh, Zabanejad, Hayes, and Spooner, 
you're going to have a first, second, and third line center without worrying about it. So I think what they're doing right now is playing the long game with Holden, making sure that they have all the bases covered. But I do not believe he will be on the roster come the uh, beginning of the season, unless Stahl is somehow got it, which would be miraculous. Look, Steve Eiserman has stats that says Dan Girardi is a top-pairing defenseman. I, I'm not convinced he says no to Holden for Steve Stamkos. <laughs> Hey, just throwing that out one, there. That's one deal I would definitely make. <laughs> well, I'm out of questions because there's nothing else to talk about. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even think, Brandon, I don't even think we could ask you of a hot dog and sandwich. I think we've covered that base with you already. Oh, yeah. man. I think that's been covered by every outlet ever. Ever, of all time. <laughs> yeah, well, we started it, if anyone asked. No, no, we didn't. Um, <laughs> I don't care. I'm taking credit. Fine. Brendan, so I want to just thank you for coming on, buddy. Is there, is there anything coming up in BlueLineStation.com that's going to be like sort of an event? You guys have an off-season plan? Anything you want to talk about? We are eventually getting to, and this isn't necessarily in the next couple of weeks, but we're definitely going to get some top prospects list out. We're interested in doing something. We're getting the team together and sort of organizing this still where we do a top, maybe not 100, but top a lot of high number of Rangers of all time. We just have to get our... Uh, in-house historians working on that. So once, even if there's not rumors going on so much as the uh, off-season goes by, we're still going to have a lot of content. So a lot to look forward to. Definitely. One just of prepare. My... Just prepare yourself for the dumb people that are going to say Richter's better than Henrik. <laughs> yeah, that's someone's going to say Ronta's better than Henrik too. So I'm not too worried. <laughs> um, listen, definitely my favorite Ranger website out there. Go visit BlueLineStation.com for all your Ranger needs and all that. And uh, Brandon, thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, we're back. I just want to thank Brandon one more time for coming back on the show. A reoccurring guest, Brandon Cohen. Uh, a big fan he's of Blue Line Station. I know he said that, but he's, he's a smart guy. He knows a lot about the hockeys and the Ranger organization. But uh, now we're on to the nonsense section of the show. If you've never listened to the show before, which I don't know why you're here the first time, uh, this is the part where we do absolutely nonsense. So, Greg, let's bring it up. Do you want to do, do, you want to do CL first or do you want to do NAPS first? Um, well, let's see. CL is an upper, and naps are definitely a, a downer. A, a downer. So let's see. Um, we'll do naps then. Also, I will just say this we should have Brandon Fitzpatrick on this summer just to even it out with the Brandons. I don't want the Brandons fighting with each other. Yeah, I, got, I need to give Brandon equal Brandon time. We're, we're a right. sharing is caring podcast. We give all Brandons equal opportunity. Correct. That's it. All right. So let's start That's with naps. You're that. a big nap guy now because you work uh, on the godly hours. Yeah, that's fair to say. Uh, I would say they're they're awful. So my take on naps, unlike my takes on the Rangers, are super hot. And I really don't like naps at all. I try to mm. stay away from them. When I wake up from them, if they're too short or too long, I feel like absolute crap. I feel like they yep. ruin my productivity throughout the day. The only time naps are acceptable is A, when you're sick, and B, when you're with somebody else. Like if, if, you, if you and I were cuddling, I could nap. You know what I mean? Okay. Now I see what you're saying. See what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I, I, I got to say, I don't think I disagree with you. Oh, that's weird. It's, I did not see that coming. <laughs> well, just because I take naps doesn't mean I love naps. It's not – napping is not something where at like 9 o'clock in the morning when I have three hours left on my shift, I'm not thinking to myself, you know what I'm really looking forward to? A nap. That's not, that's not what happens. It, it gets to a point where around 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I've been up for 12 hours and my day started at 2 a.m., and my body's like, I don't feel so great here, Greg. How are you feeling? I'm like, I'm not feeling great either. How are you feeling, eyes? And the eyes are like, we're closing for lunch or dinner or whatever time this is. We're going now. 
I, naps are something that happened. They're not necessarily, I don't come home from work giddy that I'm about to take a nap. I, I take a nap because my body can no longer function and it needs to go to sleep. Um, and I will say this, I, I tell you this, I am always more tired waking up from a nap than I am when I took the nap in the first place. So your nap really is a survival mechanism. Yeah, it's my body telling me, you gotta, what are you doing? What's happening? But I feel Why like are we doing there's this? There's diehard nappers out there. And I think there are. I think people, there are, there's a portion of the population that absolutely loves naps. And I see naps as a necessity. I do not see naps as an enjoyable activity. Because I'm like you. I, I feel groggy waking up from a nap. The worst part about taking a nap, if you take a nap for too long, it's no longer napping. You're now sleeping, and it screws up your sleep schedule when you actually need to be sleeping. I will say a nap I do enjoy, very rarely, a day drink Sunday nap. You drink too much. It's nice out. You're outside. You're like laying in the grass slash hammock. Like it's like a little nap there is, is appropriate. I'm into that. But other than mm, that, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not into that. I, I in fact am more out on that than I am a traditional than, nap. Than anything else. Okay. Yeah. Do you end up like sleeping too long and then it just screws up your whole day? Uh, I'm just more of the opinion where if I stop drinking, I'm not going to start. So if I'm if I'm napping, that's not napping. That's passed out and, 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 and we're, passed out and we're drinking done. And sleeping. We're done. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to Coco Loco. This has to be mm. talked about. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So, Greg, explain to me exactly what Coco Loco is. Let me better explain to you how I came about finding out what Coco Loco is. A little bit is. of backstory is what you're saying. So Sundays. I work Sundays because God has no day for me is basically what my job tells me. Also, also I think they know I'm Jewish. Also, you're so they Jewish. Just throw me <laughs> which, which, you know. Uh, so I go into work, and one of the first things I do at work is I check the APYs to see what happened between the hours of last time I was at work and now, because I'd, I'd be lying if I told you I'd check a single news story. The second I leave work, news does not exist in my world. I have to check out. It's the only way I can survive. I have to read about write about and worry about so much news between the hours of 3 a.m. to noon that at 12.01, I can't do news anymore for as long as it takes until 3 o'clock the next morning. So every morning, check the AP wires. Headline on this story, U.S., New York, AP News Alert. Senator Chuck Schumer sends letter to FDA about snortable chocolate. I'm in. You had, you had me at snortable, you ended it with chocolate, I'm in. Now I need to know everything about this. So there is this product out there, Ryan, it's called Coco Loco. It is, it's literally chocolate, finely chopped up that you snort or ingest through your nostrils, I believe is how people would say. And the fear in this is it's not just like someone took a Hershey bar, made it into a powder, and you cut it into lines and you do it. It has some um, cacao beans in there, cacao. which contain caffeine. So the fear is this stuff is supposed to give you a big energy boost, supposed to really kick you in the gonads, okay. as the kids would say. Uh, and, you know, the fear is kind of like it was with Four Loco that – too much of a good thing can kill you. And well, Four Loco did probably kill some people. Let's just get right. that out of the way. But like, I'm of the opinion where Coco Loco's entire campaign slogan should be, remember Four Loco? This might not kill you, but we're not 100% sure. Okay, so right now, Greg, oh, Jesus. Uh, 
a can of Coco Loco infused raw cocoa snuff is yep. with no tobacco. Uh, is twenty five dollars in free shipping. Yep. It's in stock and it has mm-hmm. it has very low star reviews. Um, let's read one. <laughs> a three star review from a user named Jonathan is well, it's not cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> that that is the most honest take I've ever heard. Of. So, so it has a lot of uh, negative reviews, but I'm gonna order this right now. Yeah, no, we're doing it. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a uh, we're gonna do a made for Facebook video and it's going to be titled Greg does Coco Loco uh, and I'm Ryan, gonna, I'm going to do it with you. Add to my man, and the boys, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a freaking, uh, always sunny in Philadelphia episode. The boys do Coco. The Loco. boys do Coco Loco. Now I, I don't it's want, actually gonna be, the boys go to the hospital. I but don't whatever. want to do Coco Loco with you, but I feel like I can't miss out on this. So peer pressure. No, is, we have to do it. And I'm it coming down, I'm coming down to the city next week. So we'll, we'll do it next. We'll, we'll make a, a big show of it and we'll post it online. Okay, so Coco Loco with Ryan and Greg coming next week. Um, I'm I don't know how to feel or how to put chocolate up my nose, but I assume it's sniffing very hard. I assume it's no different than the time uh, when I was ten that I snorted a pixie stick for five dollars. I'm assuming it's the exact same thing. It's probably the same thing, and that was a bargain you made right there with five bucks. Oh, ten year old Greg was all about. You want to know why? Like my threshold for how much money would it take for you to do X is low is because. When I was 10, $5 was a lot of money. Oh, that's We huge. were going to, I was at summer camp. We were going to Dorney Park. That $5 was good for at least, at least five fair games where I can shoot a gun. So I needed that $5. All right. So proceed to check out. Hold on. It's coming right now. All right. It's on the way, Greg. People, sh- people ask us occasionally. Oh, they no. never ask us. I have, I have bad news. Oh, no. I have bad news. The earliest it'll be here is it's free shipping. It's July 19th. The latest it'll uh, be here is the 27th. Hold on. Okay, I'm holding. Well, the 19th is when I'll be in New York. So I'm hoping I get it on the 19th. I can't do expedite shipping. This has been a great podcast, by the way, guys. So I hope you guys are enjoying this. It's not part of Amazon Prime Day? It's not on Amazon Prime Day. It is free shipping, but it's not Prime, the Coco Loco. Well, we will save the Coco Loco the ingestion next time until we're, we're hanging we're, out. Yeah, I agree. So my, I just placed my order. It's on the way. I want to thank people, people our, Patreon, our Patreon supporters. Yeah, for... if, if people ever ask us what we use Patreon money for, we use it for chocolate drugs. Chocolate drugs. That's the real reason. So you, know, you, gave us, you gave us money to talk to each other on Discord and eventually watch a video of Greg and Ryan snorting chocolate. Yeah, and that's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're benefiting a good cause here. Look how far you're bringing us. We said you were going to bring you new, fresh, hot, unique content. And that's Greg and I snorting chocolate. We so, are putting that new, fresh content directly in our noses. That's it. To think that a grandfather would put this podcast no, on for no, his grandchildren. No, 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 I'm not talking about it. <laughs> Ryan, I guarantee you, this week they didn't get this far. Okay, uh, that's true. We did curse a bunch in the end of this podcast. Some people might email us and complain that we curse. Oh, we're sorry. It's just who we are. I yeah, know, I'm not fucking. I'm not. I know you're not sorry. I'm you. not going to talk about it for you. I'm just yeah, saying for I, me. I, it's let's put it this way. It is a good thing that Ryan doesn't allow me to email back. It's a great thing. Um, uh, I do want to talk about one other thing uh, that I actually just totally forgot. So that was awesome. We have okay. jo- we have Joe coming up next. Uh, I did have a great nonsense point. That's awesome. I just lost it, well, Greg. That's amazing. Mm, maybe maybe Coco Loco isn't for you. No, I need to try the Coco Loco. It's got, it's got to happen. Oh, this was my point. Great. Thanks for getting it uh-huh. back to me. I got actually a lot of messages this week from people that are not on our Discord or something like that. 
uh, to where they were super excited for our World War II podcast. So I do want to say that we're going to try and get that out in August. Yes, I'm. I'm all in. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna start laying that out with you, Greg. We're gonna lay out the uh, the topics we're gonna touch on and go in depth on on, on World War II. And I'm super pumped for that. So we'll do like maybe a Dunkirk slash uh, World War II podcast. How yeah, that yeah. Right. yeah, I'd say I, I, maybe our next, uh, well, no, so many next. people are curious about our World War II one that I guess we should make that available to everyone. Yeah, we'll probably do that earlier. And uh, we'll probably try and get that out in August and we'll, we'll do that from there. So thanks everyone for reaching out for that. I'm pumped for that one. It's going to be good. Uh, we have a couple of extra nonsense pods coming to the Patreons, which will eventually be out. We have a, a B or no B episode coming out in a few weeks. Uh, we have a serial podcast that uh, I'm going to record this week. They'll be out in a month from now. We're going to rank all the cereals and go really in-depth, just like the Taco Bell. I have a Wendy's episode coming out soon. That'll be uh, – Again, great. if if you guys want these episodes early, they're available hey, for you. Hey. Just got to give us $10. Hey. Hey. No, listen, I'm not going to hound them out. Listen, I really appreciate everyone that's already donating, and I appreciate that. Uh, we so, hit 50 contributors today, Ryan. It was very crazy. Still blowing, mind-blowing. So I'm never going to hound people. But it, thank you for supporting. It allows us to buy Coco Loco to put up our nose. And uh, someone told me that they would pay me today if I did a Margot Robbie impression for an entire podcast. So I'm not sure that's happening. How much? Uh, I don't know. Not probably not enough. But what if I do it? Mm, I, I think we should. We, what if we did an interview one of us as Margot Robbie? What if we brought a random girl on and made her do a Margot Robbie impression the entire time? We can do this. We can do this. All right, we'll make that happen. All right, let's go. Let's cut to La Joe. We'll come back. Do a little bit of nonsense. Uh, well, well, we're really just gonna plug stuff. We're gonna plug stuff now or after? Oh, let's plug stuff after. Okay. Come back. Here's L.A. Joe, my uh, my good dear friend who's in from the fighting game community. Air, air quotes. <laughs> air friend. quotes. Good, good dear friend from the fighting game community. Uh, he'll be playing on, uh, on the world stage at, at Vegas this week uh, for EVO 2017. Here we go. All right. It's been a year uh, since I've gone to EVO. You guys probably heard about that last year. When I went on stage with my good friend L.I. Joe. Joe, you're finally on my podcast. It's only been a year. We're friends, I think. I'm not sure. Hello. My guy. My dude. Uh, So you're heading back to to Evo. And for people that don't know what that is out there, all the non-nerds of us, uh, that's a fighting game tournament in Las Vegas where you go and play games like Street Fighter and other games for big moolahs. And they put you on a stage. And is this year on ESPN again or what's up with that? I'm, I'm, I think I'm almost as bad as you, bro. I don't even know what pool I'm in yet, and it's Friday. They don't, they haven't placed you yet. No, they have. I just don't look. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. That's probably for the better off. Uh, you don't want to know who you're playing. Are you going to be commentating on anything this year? If you, uh, if you happen to, uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. I am doing something, I believe, with them. It depends. It really, it's actually a very well. I don't want to say it's up in the air. They told me I'm going to be doing something specifically for the Evo staff and the guys that do the production. I can't say what it is yet because we have to for like all the cars to fall in place and see where I am in the tournament when the stuff is even going down. So, but they asked me, I said, yes. So now it's just a matter of waiting to see how the tournament unfolds. So I won't be commentating, but I'll be doing something. All right. So people can tune in on this weekend. If you can't find it on TV, you can go to twitch.tv. It'll probably be on the front page. And it'll be Evo. Uh, I do want to talk about sort of your magical run last year that I was a part Hold of. Hold on. Before you okay. jump into that, I got okay. two immediate questions. Okay, this is my co-host, Greg Joe. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> two immediate questions, Joe. One, why fucking Ryan? <laughs> why Ryan? <laughs> why Ryan? What do I do? Do you want the, do you want the, do you want the long answer or the, or, the, or the short one? We got time. I can't imagine, I can't imagine the long answer is actually long, so give me the long one. 
And I'll give you a long one. We all, we all started playing together actually back, back in the day. And one of the first real sessions we ever had, which was actually the, the heart and soul of the tournament that I run called the East Coast Throwdown was held in, in, in uh, Ryan's fucking fourth backyard. Wow. So I, I now, I was... why did you stay friends with him after he cried on stage on national TV? Because <laughs> I because I cried on stage on him on 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 TV. So but you're you're a really attractive, jacked, bald, white guy. So it's different <laughs> when you do it. When Ryan does it, he just looks like a hipster. Listen, uh, dude, have you ever seen have you ever seen the shirt that Ryan wears where it's Ryan on the shirt, but it's not really Ryan? That shirt fixes anything. <laughs> Uh, if, if people haven't seen that, I'll post it on our website and on our Twitter. Uh, to- uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, and preferably have it be of Evo that year because I know for a fact you wore it that year. I definitely, I definitely did. I'm not going to Evo this year. I'm pretty upset. I think the reason you made your top eight run last year is because I slept in the bed with you the night before. Comments? It's. I would. I. I would bet. Yeah. I would bet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just. I was. I. I will also say this. I have never in my life before your run last year ever watched any kind of. Uh, esports or fighting league on anything. Never done it. Never played it. I think I've seen a Mortal Kombat somewhere once upon a time. I've definitely heard the finish him. But you're, the experience I had watching you live playing uh, Ultimate Fighter was one of the Ultimate, weirdest. Ultimate most... Fighter. Street Fighter Five. <laughs> Street Fighter Five. That's what I meant. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that one. This is like how Ryan sounds when he talks about anything, even hockey. Um, it was, dude, it was, it was honestly like an out-of-body experience. I'm going to fanboy for a little bit. It was an out-of-body experience. It was amazing watching you dominate against people that I've never heard of or ever heard of again. But still, it was just because I kind of sort of had a connection to you. I felt like that was me winning that title. <laughs> you were all of us, yeah. is what he's trying to say. Thank you. Honestly, dude, it was, it was uh, as nerdy as this might sound to some folks, man, like when you're doing something for literally as long as you can remember. I've been playing dude since I'm uh, probably like three or four years old. So, you know, to be able to look back on it and just like try to put myself back in the moment, it's like the crazy thing that's ever happened to me, you know, and like, my friends that were there were literally the people that were there. Well, most of them, when we started realizing that this was slightly more than just like playing a video game, you know what I mean? Um, and like my dad was there and my dad hasn't watched me play in like probably about 15 years or something like that. Cause as I got older, I didn't really need my dad to draw me around. So I just started going wherever I wanted by myself. But you know, growing up, he took me everywhere, but it was just, it was crazy, man. It was like, everything was full circle and it was like, it was almost like meant to happen. It was insane. It was crazy. But I do appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. No, dude, it, that, that is all seriousness. I remember that's going to be one of those moments for some reason. I'm going to remember where I was, what I was doing, and who I was doing it with. <laughs> um, but before we get into the super specific, I have a kind of general broader question for you. Um, obviously, money being invested into eSport leagues and fighting leagues and even League of Legends leagues is – at an all-time high, what, as you, I, I, I don't know if you would call yourself a professional gamer, but you're definitely on another level. What is this movement or revolution like on your end? You know, it's, it's crazy, man. You know, especially, like I said, we, I've been playing since I'm a little kid. So, you know, back in the day, you just went to a crappy, dingy arcade to play video games, you know, and now you look at where in the Mandalay Bay where some great boxing matches have taken place and, 
a million other events have gone down in the Mandalay Bay in Vegas. And it's like, wow, like why, why are we about to go play fighting games in like the Mandalay Bay arena in front of 15,000 people? It's, it's crazy, dude. And I just, I just hope that eventually people, more people like yourself and other people that don't really know about it too much, but it can somehow connect to it. That just but more people connected and almost like accepted sort of, I don't want to say that's not accepted, but I mean, obviously I, I, I don't want to say we should be as big as hockey or basketball or whatever, but I hope that it just gets to the level where people could actually almost make this their career. Like now some teams are starting to get into play. You have guys like Rick Fox that are buying teams. Shaq is actually looking at players and he's been kind of, like poking his head in the fighting game community a little bit. So you got these big time dudes that are investing the money. It's just a matter of time. But, you know, the, the problem with our scene is that we have to rely on the companies that make the game, you know, like as a sport, the sport is made, you play the sport, you compete. Now every two or three years is a new game and it kind of leaves us, wanting more for that, you know, like when the game dies down, now we're like, okay, now we have to wait for the next installment or try to compete in the next game. So unfortunately, again, that's the one weird thing is that a sport is a sport, but we're kind of sort of always riding the next thing and just waiting for the next thing and hoping the next thing is good and the community enjoys it and people enjoy watching it. It's kind of like if they change the rules of hockey, like every six months or like every three years, every three years, they'd be like, now we're playing with seven people and no goalie. They're like, all right, well, now I have to play a totally different style. So it, it's, a, okay. it, it's an ever-evolving uh, evolution kind of deal uh, with that. Uh, Greg, oh, full circle. You like that? That was pretty good. Uh, Greg, do you have any more basic questions before I get fucking real nerdy? Um, have you ever dabbled in, like, sports game? Because as, as a sports nerd, I've grown up playing every baseball game, every FIFA, every NBA 2K, those kind of games. Are you strictly, like, a hardline I need to throw fire at someone kind of guy. As far as video games go on the competitive level, there's something about like the fighting games that even attracted me when I was a kid. Now I do play other fighting, uh, well, other games besides fighting games. Um, but on the competitive level, it's really only, uh, only fighting games. I never really got into sports games. I'll be honest, Ryan, I'll tell you, I might look like I'm like a sports dude, nope. but I don't watch a single sport. I think the world <laughs> cup is kind of cool when the world cup is on. I will say this, though, if I was going to like a sport or enjoy a sport, it would probably be hockey. I appreciate that so yeah, much. You don't, even, you don't need to say that to, like, appease us. Cause <laughs> no, I, if you listen, I, I know you don't listen to this podcast. you got better things to do. But you would listen to this podcast and be like, why are they talking about baseball all the time? <laughs> it, it's like that. Now, hey, oh, go on, Greg. My last one. Well, before we get super nerdy, do you hate Buffalo Wild Wings on the same level Ryan does? Fuck. And for the same reasons? Buffalo Wild Wings, bro. Um, I don't know if I have a hatred for it. Like, if somebody wants to go there, I'm cool with it. I'm like, all right, I guess. Okay, no problem. Listen, the arcade machines that were once in my arcade are still there. They bought one of them. And I get to drive <laughs> past it every fucking morning as I go to work and give it the finger. So, okay. Well, well to, to Ryan's point, I actually, well, I knew about the connection of what the Buffalo Wild Wings is. But on Ryan's level, okay, I do hate the Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> baseball against Ryan. That's, that's true. That I do hate. I do hate that one. Absolutely. It's the worst. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> speaking of nonsense, uh, we're actually going to have Angel on uh, later this week to do a serial podcast. So that'll be pretty interesting. Uh, that's that, kind of hot. That, it's going to be hot. It's, uh, Angel has the hottest takes of serial I've ever heard in my life. 
actually might might be the hottest take giver on Twitter. So he he's such a gaslighter, bro. It's crazy. Anyway, uh, I want to get to like more of the serious stuff. You you did some TBS work, right? They had a sort of series for TBS that was going on. What was up with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a uh, I did a thing. It was the second time. Well, I'm not sure if it's that. I don't want to put times on it, but it was uh, the first time for sure. Street Fighter was broadcasted on TBS, Turner Broadcasting. Uh, it was a, it was about a, probably like about a month and a half long series. It aired every week. It might have been a little bit longer. Maybe Which two is cr- it's crazy they did that, Joe. Like that's nuts. Yeah, yeah, no, it nuts. yeah, it was nuts. You know, I was in the studio, dude, like walking around. They're like, oh yeah, this is where Jack hangs out, and Rick Fox is in this area right here, and this is where we film the NBA show. Look, there's a basketball hoop right there. You know, it was it was pretty crazy. You know, um. Really great experience. The people there were, were so cool. Even though they're very into sports, obviously, they had a pretty good background in fighting games. They brought a lot of people on that kind of knew what they were doing as far as the esports goes. Um, the stage that we were playing on, it's obviously, I'm not sure if you recall, it kind of had this like reddish orange esteem, mm-hmm. but they used the same stage for a game called Counter Strike. That stage won like some award over like some real shit, like the best stage in in like in Tottenham or something like that. It won some award, and I was like, "That's the same." It's like the same place where literally the same room they just changed the color scheme for a Street Fighter as opposed to what was when they were doing it for Counter Strike. But it, it was sick, man. It was very kindly. They they took care of me. I did a, I did playing. I got my ass kicked. And then uh, I guess I got my ass kicked so well, they asked me to come back to do commentary work and uh, desk work. That's awesome. Uh, so what was that experience like? You were on TV. You're obviously sort of like a natural of being on TV. You're great on this podcast, of course. Um, so uh, just just getting on my knees here real quick. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so what, what was? Did, were you nervous when you were doing commentary? You've obviously never done it before other than like Twitch uh, streams, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't really see the thing is like I'm I'm cool doing it on Twitch because one it's my channel and I can kind of do what I want, you know what I mean? And it's like whatever, you know what I mean? Like now you're telling me that I'm on in national television and I got this fucking earpiece in, and this guy's like, all right, we're going live in five, four, Joe, picky says we'll put your chest in, guys, smile, and I'm like, oh my god, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it was uh, it was it was definitely a wild experience, but it's um, I don't like the necessarily the actual commentary. Like, if you watch the other guys, they were doing, like, the commentary stuff, like, while the match is going on. I'm better after the match, like, as I was doing. I'm not very comfortable doing the commentary stuff. Uh, Even now, like, even if you want me to do it at a tournament, I'm very, like, "Ah, I'd rather not. But if they ask me to do it, I'll do it. Um, But it was was sick, dude. I felt uh, nervous at first. But, like, the first episode, I was slightly uh, nervous. But then, you know, with the backing of the guys and the whole production team, like, everyone's really cool, really laid back. Um, when we were filming a couple things, you know, there might have been a few mistakes. You know, do the right way, you're doing great. Because I could hear the guy in my ear the whole time. So it was a, it was a crazy experience. And, again, the, the support from everyone really made me uh, at ease during the whole situation. That's my, only concern, yeah, my only concern here, Joe, is the only two athletes you might be able to recognize are Shaq and Rick Fox. I can't stop thinking about that. <laughs> well, those are, people, those are the people that I, I see when I'm around. Like, those are, I, there's probably more that I don't know about, but they're, like, pretty common. Like, you know, like, that's Rick Fox. Okay, there's Rick Fox, and he happens to own a team called Echo Fox, where a lot of players are from. So it's just, it's just what we see more, you know what I mean? Oh I, oh, I totally get it. I know the Mets – 
the Mets owner just bought or is investing in an esports team. So he, he bought maybe, maybe he'll recognize Noah Syndergaard one of these days. He bought a uh, an Overwatch team this this week, I, I believe. Did he really? Yeah, he did. Yeah, and so did the the wow. pa- the Patriots are buying an Overwatch too, an Overwatch team league too, uh, because. They're going to start an Overwatch League where they're going to have a New York team and a Boston team and a couple other teams. That's why all those other esports teams are kind of disbanding right now. So they're, yeah. they're in a little bit of trouble. I do want to talk to about sort of the beast that's always been kind of lurking, which is Japan. Now, if anyone watched uh, Top 8 of EVO last year, you were the only American. Uh, well, I, w- I shouldn't say Japan because there's other, other Southeast Asian countries also. Uh, but you were the only American. Things have changed this year, right? Like, America is now top dog all of a sudden? Yeah, I will say for the first time, almost ever. Ever. Yeah, America is pretty dominant in this game. Um, why is it? Yeah, why, why that is, I, I don't know. I wish I knew. Um, but yeah, we're just really good in this game. <laughs> it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's, it's so strange because, you know, you and I, even when we went to Chinatown, uh, back back when like ten years ago now, holy shit, uh, we would get our ass our ass whipped by pretty much everyone, or I would, not you, my bad. Uh, I would get my ass whipped by pretty much anyone that looked at me. I remember the first night I was there, I was like, oh man, I've been playing this game for a year now. I think I'm pretty good, and I like walked out with my head down for like the next three days, just depressed <laughs> of what what happened to me. What am I doing with my life? So you don't know what happened, like the leap that ha- we have a new kid in the scene called Punk, yeah. right? He's 18 years old and he's taking yeah. it by storm too. Yeah, the kid's an animal, dude. Apparently, he played four, but he wasn't really, really good in four. You know, it's just, I don't, I don't know. I really, I think it's something with the game. You know what I mean? Like the game, kind of, the game itself is on an even playing field. You know what I mean? Like as far as you don't have to be as technical. I think you know you don't need to know a lot of the stuff that you might have needed to know in the previous versions of Street Fighter. So I think maybe the game not being as involved as some of the other ones, maybe that's part of it. A lot of people think it might be because that uh, the Japanese Japanese don't have it out in their arcades. And the arcade culture mm-hmm. in Japan is so big. So that, that a lot of people think that that hurt Street Fighter V as far as, well, maybe not hurt Street Fighter V, but hurt the Japanese dominance in the game where, like you said, Asian, Southeast Asian, you know, that kind of area. Right. Yeah, they still have arcades on, like, a ton of different corners over there. Here you can't find an arcade. Is there, like, two left? Maybe two? I don't know. They they actually just opened up round one in the Broadway Mall. So if you guys are around, round one is a Japanese-style arcade, which pretty much it's a chain in Japan. Wait. They have it in California. They just opened it up in Broadway Mall. Broadway, like, Long Island? Broadway, this? like, uh, Ryan, I was there two weeks ago. What is this? A Jap- like, wait, hold on. I got to ask a really important question that no one cares about. Sit-down third strike cabinet? They don't have – they do have sit-down fighting games, but not third strike. Okay. All right. All right. I would have been there. Like, gonna... I would have left right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, ta- I'm tagging back not... in for a quick second. Okay. Joe, is online gaming or the esports, is it a young man's game? Because you're around our age, right? You're like – late 20s early 30s are you considered old in the community or you or is it just like no, sport? no yeah i'm like i'm like uh i don't know about average age i guess i mean nowadays a lot of the kids are younger and especially the guys that are really good are actually younger but there's a couple of older guys in the scene like for instance you got alex Valle, who's you know i'm not, I'm not sure i, I don't want to call him old but he's older and he still he still does his thing um I don't think there is a, an, an age limit on being able to compete. 
as of right now, it just seems that the younger guns are are just taking the cake. All right, I do. I, I don't want to take up too much of your time, Joe, and I really appreciate you coming on after this one year of us not being friends. But I'm glad we're <laughs> friends again, and uh, I wish you all the luck in Evo. But we got to ask you some fucking nonsense questions. But before we get to that, sure. Uh, well, do you do you have a favorite time of Chinatown Fair? Or like, do you, do you, do you miss it? Like, was there a specific night where we went? Because uh, there was like I don't I, know twenty thousand seven nights where we went like and we go to eat at sixty nine <laughs> Bayard Cafe restaurant at three a.m. with guys yelling at us. I don't really have a specific time, but there's just like so many memories I have, like Noel punching Kale scene, you know, like people throwing <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. Um, guys. You know, just like walking in there and not knowing a game is going to come out, and all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, like, why is Soul Calibur 2 here? Why is Tekken 4 here? What the fuck is this game called Rumble Fish? Like, wow, there's two Third Strike cabinets now. This is revolutionary. Like, I don't really have a specific moment. Right. Just a bunch of, like, jumbled memories of good times and Darren sleeping after he ate his food because he gets the itis real quick. You got the itis, like, dude. Itis <laughs> bad there. Um, there, there's just like so many do it was good. like when that place was popping like around I started going there in 2001 because I, I was playing King of Fighters 2001 in the building there but around probably around 2004 5 6 like it was so cool man it was like the greatest place on earth to me it was uh it was the last great arcade I'll say that I don't know if we're ever gonna have something like that on the east coast again ever all right, we're going to move on to a nonsense question we ask everyone, Joe. It's very important. It's a question that you've probably been asked before. Uh, is a hot dog a sandwich? Absolutely not. That's my man. That's what I'm talking no. about. That's what I'm no, talking it, about. It's fine. It's my it's fine. Adam Cundetin says it is, so I, I it is. Like, you, I don't care what anyone else I says. I told you Joe and I were friends, and I, I wasn't I, lying. I still, I still don't think this is L.I. Joe. This is a guy <laughs> who lives on Long Island named Joe. There are a couple of those from what I understand. <laughs> All right, man. Um, so I want to plug your stuff real quick. Your Twitch is uh, twitch.tv slash this is L.I. Joe, right? Correct. This is L.I. Joe. Okay. And guys, if you are out there and you have Amazon Prime, I'm assuming that's a ton of you. You can actually sign up for Twitch and sub to Joe's channel and support him for free. Look at that. Wow. That would be, that would be hot. Do you like that? That was a pretty hot plug, I thought. And then uh, you that, can... that, that plug is hot. That, that was a good one. And then you could go uh, on Twitter and this, your Twitter is this is L.I. Joe or is I love you, Joe? Which one is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. No, Twitter is this is L.I. Joe also. Cool, wonderful. And you can follow him at Evo this weekend on Twitch.tv, the Evo 2 2017 stream. There'll be a bunch of fighting games on there. I will be watching with a bunch of nerds at home uh, who went with me last year. And then we'll be going back to Evo next year when Dragon Ball Z fighting game drops, which I want to go oh. in on. I'm so see, I like, Yeah, I like that. I like I like some Goku. No, see, Joe doesn't know anything about Dragon Ball Z, but he's going to light kids up in that. Uh-huh. So. Joe, before, before, you, before you leave us forever and never talk to us again, uh, you gotta you gotta settle the the ultimate gaming question to me. All right, good. Do you prefer do you prefer Super Smash Brothers? No. Or Mario Kart? <laughs> Neither. Uh, I if I was gonna play, I don't play Smash at all. But Mario Kart's pretty fucking hot. Ah, see now now I'm on Joe's side. I got this. Fuck fuck the hot dog sandwich there, stuff. There, I knew I know Joe would never save Super Smash, even though it's like an essential part of stealing money from people in the community. Um, <laughs> or, or they actually have a good community and it is a quote unquote fighting game. I knew he'd never say that. So um, yeah, I don't know. I just need to find the magic hammer every time I'm playing. That's the only way I can win. Do you play with items on? See, that was my whole point. Joe, thanks so much <laughs> for joining us. I appreciate it, buddy. Good luck this weekend. Uh, I will be texting you, and you don't have to respond. <laughs> 
But um, no, P.S. I respond every time he texts me. And that's, that's true. That's the it's truth. true. It's the facts. It's the facts. Um, I'll be with Angel and Marvin all them this weekend, so we'll we'll be rooting for you and texting you lewd shit. So. Well, I will say, Bunch asked if you were coming like, two two hours ago. He cried. I told him. I told him I wasn't coming, and he was like, "Bro, are you serious? You're like my favorite person." I was like, "I can't do it, man. I'll, I'll be there next year, dude." And he was he's pretty upset. So. I don't know. Usually people pick up the first time you call if they're your favorite person. All right. All right. Maybe I dialed the wrong number. Who knows? And that wasn't much. <laughs> all right, Joe. We got to go. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Thank you so much. Uh, all right. Love you. Peace out. Love you too. And we're back. Super appreciate Joe coming on. Uh, what Do you believe me now, Greg? Nope. Okay. That's I just can't believe Joe Binks. If Joe Binks had a – I thought Joe Binks' voice was sexy already, and then he does that impression the entire time. And I'm like – Wow, this man. For people wondering who Joe Biggs is, a friend of the podcast came on for one of our MLB shows. Uh, but uh, this is L.I. Joe. Make sure you guys go follow him. He's a great follow on Twitter. Uh, we're going to have... If it's really L.I. Joe, he's a fantastic guy and really a fun fun dude. I mean, honestly, seriously. Last year, watching him uh, in Evo, just interacting with the group of 20 guys I was interacting while watching that, and all of us losing our goddamn minds throughout it was... Really, a, a, you could have the just think the lowest of competitive video games. Just watch. It's going to blow your mind. It it's going to be so entertaining. It's so fun. Sunday, and, I believe I'm going to bring the Evo schedule up right now, but I believe it's Sunday night, uh, 9 o'clock Eastern time is when uh, a lot of this is going to be going on for the top eight and stuff like that. They're going to be in a full arena of Mandalay Bay. You know what we're going to do, Greg? Actually, this is a great time to pull our Twitter. Blue Tr- at Blue Shirts Break. And we'll do the Instagram, and I'll post some stuff on the website. We can retweet and post some videos of of the top eight matches from last year with Joe. If you want to go watch, uh, there's about there's a good ten minute video of when he qualifies for top eight, and that's when I cry with him on stage. And then there's uh, there's a couple of videos of him playing on stage at the Mandalay Bay. We'll post that on, on our Twitter tomorrow. So if you guys want to check that out, you can check that out there. There you go. Perfect. All right, Greg. Uh, it's been a great week. I'm super pumped to do Coco Loco with you. Uh, I couldn't be more excited. And next. Uh, Oh, and if you guys want us to do more Coco Loco, go to our Patreon. Stop plugging the Patreon. We plug it so much. I, I have to because it's what we do. Okay. Uh, seriously, though, we haven't even said the word Discord once yet today. I, that I, that it's been channel a good week for us. doesn't shut up in the best <laughs> way possible. In the best way possible. We I did. was playing after we recorded the Baby Driver bonus episode, which if you want, hey. immediately. Okay, stop. We get, go they, on get Patreon. they get it. They get it. They become get a contributor. They get it. You can get it. They get it. They get it. Uh, Literally, it was just in the Discord the entire time as I was playing poker at the casino. They let you have your phone and out when you play poker? Holy crap. Yeah, it's weird. That's it's weird, a weird dude. Room. Are you serious? Yeah, it made me uncomfortable the first couple times. Because I'm used to Mohegan Sun no where you bring your phone out, they like, you. walk away. Like, they're, they're fine if you walk away from the table for a hand. But if you want to talk on the phone, texting, whatever, you have to do it away from the table. People are literally leaning over the table on Facebook. I see the people on their Facebook feeds as I'm trying to decide to call their fucking bluff or whatever. And it, Whoa, it really, really I, weird. Yeah. It wasn't, a, it wasn't kind of, uh, kind of threw me off. Didn't, didn't really care for it. All right. All right. Great. We're I say that knowing that I'm, I'm going back. So you're fine. definitely going back. Uh, next yeah, week we have a nice guest from another podcast. Sure. Um, spoil it later, I guess. Uh, no, we can say it's Woj. It's, it's Woj. Woj is coming up from Garden Faithful. Uh, they have, I won't spoil their guest, but they have a big guest coming on next week. So we'll probably talk about, uh, uh, their interview over there, and uh, we'll 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 do some absolute goddamn nonsense with him for sure. All right, we're out of here, Greg. I'll talk to you later. Bye bye. See you. Good night.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.